This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Got a win last night. Boy, does that feel good. I'll tell you what, though. Oh, my gosh. We played a really great first half, Matt. In fact, I think Arkansas came out and played an inspired first half for the most part on both sides of the ball. Second half a little bit different, and then I thought there would be just a crushing moment when that Wade Taylor three dropped down, but the Hogs were saved by a timeout called, a play drawn up, and Tremont Mark finishes I think that could go down. One of the great performances in Arkansas basketball history, kind of a single-handed thing leading Arkansas to their first SEC win. And now, hey, the sun would have been shining no matter what, but you can feel that sunshine a little bit. I don't know if it'll warm you up the way that I want to be warmed up today, but it's going to make you feel a little bit better about the basketball season, or at least for one more day it will. Yes, sir. Good afternoon. Uh, man, what a W. What a way to fight. That was, uh, that was fun. Uh, Mark just put the, put the team on his back. He was like Michael Penix Jr., but he was playing defense too. That's the thing that's a little understated, man. He was, uh, he was just as good on the defensive end, I thought, uh, given, given Taylor, their chucker, man. You, I know you've seen, uh, you've seen <laughs> he's Seinfeld. A ch- he's a chucker. I would not like to play with that guy, man. Like there's no, there's no man just going down, but that's their thing. That's what they have to do. Nobody else can score. So he's got to shoot it, throw it up there. And then you go, go attack. But man, Phil, you're, you're so right. The taste is so much different right now. You got an opportunity to go two and three. Uh, it, it will feel so much different if this team's two and three. Man, I mean, you could also feel that lead just slipping away. It, 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 it was like it was like trying to hold on uh, to a rope where it's just moment by moment it's slipping farther out of your hands, and then you're down to the one f- hand and the last finger, and then Taylor's I was, three drops in. I was like, goodness, I thought they might actually hold on to this one, but thank goodness there was seven seconds left, and thank goodness that A and M called a timeout too. Uh, giving Muss a chance to drill into their heads, no threes, no threes, and just let Tremont Mark do his thing. And that's what he did all game, that mid-range jumper, that left-hand drive. Uh, uh, you know, might have been, been fouled on the play too, who knows, but uh, just things, things feel so much better with just that, those, that, se- that seven-second differential. Because if that shot wouldn't have gone down, Matt, or, or, if, or if Taylor's three hits with two seconds left, we're, we're, we're talking about this, the basketball season potentially like feeling like it's over. Wouldn't have been over, but it would have felt like it. That would have just been a dagger in the heart. Instead, you got some life. You got some breath. Maybe a little optimism moving forward. Hopefully that's a turning point. That's what we got into yesterday, right? You need a win. Just a win to turn it around, see where you go from there. You know, A and M was without their best player, so that will will take that advantage when whenever you can get that. Uh, I thought Lawson played big minutes. I thought that was Ellis's best game that he's played. Uh, and as far as conference season, it, it definitely was. I, I did not think I, I wasn't uh, disappointed with Brazil. I thought Brazil played good. You know, he he just he he did his thing. He was efficient. Um, I did not think Devo Davis's 
I did not think that was a flagrant two. I, I did not think there was malice in there. I didn't think there was any intent. I just thought it was ath- athletes being athletes, protecting yourself. There, he didn't, you know, there wasn't no extension. There wasn't not any extension. I thought that was pretty harsh. It came off harsh, that's for sure. There's something going on with Devo, too. I mean, they did play well, but things do feel um, a lot different for him now. And, I mean, you mentioned Ellis, too. I mean, this is uh, – He's, he barely played in his the last first month. step, man. He's quick. He's, he's he's quick. He can get there. He he wants to pass the ball. You can tell. You know, I, I like his game. I mean, you get you get big minutes from Ellis and Lawson, guys who barely saw the court um, in the loss against Florida or against Georgia. Ellis had barely seen the court for a month. I think I, I totaled it up. He played thirty five minutes in the last seven games. He played thirty one minutes yesterday, and a lot of energy. You know, I mean, what so. I mean, you can look at any of the numbers, anything like that, whatever. They played with some energy. They played with, and I hate the I hate the term sometimes, but I think this this actually has a little bit to do with it. The swagger that Musk mentioned in the post game interview, um, they did play with a little bit of that, but it wasn't the swagger that you don't believe. It wasn't that. I will say though, all, all of all of this feel all, anything that we say about this game right now, Matt, still has. Just, just think about if that bucket doesn't go down. You know, at that point you're like, all right, well, Ellis was out there and it still didn't work, and and you know, Muss pretty much settled on a five man rotation for the game for the first time in a while. That didn't, that that wouldn't have worked. That, that just those those last seven seconds change everything, everything. It was not a perfectly played game. They played maybe perfectly for the first what 16 minutes or so, and and then, you know, things change a little bit outside of Tremont Mark. It, it it still looks like a team that is uh, offensively challenged, and there's just not going to be too many games where you get 26 fouls called on your opponent and get to the foul line 40 times. But then maybe that's a process of just the way the game was called yesterday, so at least it was called like that yesterday because you got 31 points at the foul line compared to 23 for A&M. And, and Mark wasn't going to miss from the foul line. That was... That was Seventeen of twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he 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 crushed it. You can't say enough good things about him. I thought Davenport's minutes were were pretty big. Minifield hit a big three for us. Phil, I was surprised. I I, I don't know about you, but I was a hundred percent surprised they did not double team Mark at the end of the game when he was coming down. I thought for sure as soon as he got around half court, somebody's whoever if he's going right, somebody from the left's coming. If he's going left, somebody from the right, somebody's they let coming. Him go left. To, well, somebody's coming to double team because I'm let, making somebody else beat beat me. It's, it's, I was really surprised they they just went man and did not double team Mark. Uh, on that last possession, they just they let him go left, which is that that's his that's his direction, man. Any right. anywhere fifteen feet and in, I mean, he gets set. It doesn't matter what uh, his his. It's like a, a quarterback throwing in different arm slots. He can kind of just go up and then, but he can get square and balance. Great core. Uh, yeah, he was man. He put on a show. Just enough for a win last night. Just enough. Just rebounded well enough. Like you look at AM getting 19 offensive rebounds, they still were held below their offensive rebounding rate. And that's the, that's where their offense comes from, pretty much, right? Getting a, that is the thing that stands out about the way AM plays. They're so good. Like on those offensive rebounds, the ball hits two or three different sets of AM hands before it finally settles in somebody's hands outside the paint they don't get a lot of those offensive boards around the paint this team is just aggressive going after it and just knocking the ball loose and seeing what they could do with it but still you rebounded well enough 
team rebounding-wise. I mean, all the starters had at least five rebounds, which you'd like to see if the starters are playing anywhere from 27 to 40 minutes and, you know, just have enough of a lead to, you know, still have a shot at the very end. Just hit enough free throws. Just hit enough threes. And, man, I would say just enough stops, but you didn't get the last stop, but a good thing that you did have seven seconds left. Hey, we won the game. Uh, it was ridiculous, though, as far as how choppy it is. I, I don't know about you, but watching basketball it, like that is, is tough at times. But that's what A&M does. That is their mantra. That's their MO. That's who they are. They're going to bang and foul and, and be scrappy. It's kind of like a bully ball. You know, it, it, that game did take a long time. I started wondering, I mean, when's the next pitching change coming on? Or, or Every time you go to the free throw line, it's a minute, you know, because <laughs> they, they're like, oh, I got to walk over here. Oh, I got to walk over. Okay, huddle up. No, I'm on this side. And then... Every other time there's a sub, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's 60 to 90 seconds every time. Well, a good thing too, because if it wasn't called that way, uh, Arkansas probably does not walk away with a victory in that one. So first of two home games at Bud Walton this week, hopefully first of two wins at Bud Walton this week. Uh, again, halftime today, we'll have Clay Henry for a couple of segments. And in just a moment, we'll be joined by Grant Hall digging into this Arkansas basketball team a little bit. Take a look around the NFL. We've got uh, some awards that came through, statewide broadcasting and sports writing awards. Big congratulations to a couple of the winners, and Matt Zimmerman and Trey Biddy, very well-deserved in both cases. And you do, you do tend to see that sports writers are also broadcasters at the same time, sometimes the other way around as well. And to see Zim win this award... boy, Zim. I mean, he was... You still think of him as a coach? Attaboy, right? coach. First yeah. and foremost, coach. coach. Z. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Go to the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Time to talk with Grant Hall. We always appreciate him joining us on a uh, Wednesday morning. Morning, Grant. Things feel a little bit different. Uh, th- things are a little bit nicer than they were yesterday now that Arkansas has gotten a win. <laughs> Snow might begin to thaw a little bit. What a difference 7.2 seconds can make for us the day after, huh? I had them all the way, right? Yeah, Never yeah, in doubt. When, yeah. when Arkansas was up 10 or 12 early, I texted some friends. I said, if Arkansas gets up by 20, They've got a 10% chance to win the game. <laughs> That's about what it looked like with 7.6 seconds to go, except that uh, Buzz Williams kind of lost his mind, I thought. I, I was just watching the end of the game again on television uh, this morning, and, um, you know, because I was at the arena last night. But uh, he did, he made several mistakes. I, first of all, he called timeout by pre-design, and Eric Musselman didn't have a timeout, and you could tell after the game, Eric was 
happy to be able to have that time out and get organized. And then uh, they played some kind of a, of a zone defense and maybe with man principles or whatever they were doing at the end. But I was talking to Jim Counts and John Sunvold uh, after the game. Jim Counts was one of the great defensive players Arkansas ever had. He, you know, he played with the triplets and uh, w- was just a tremendous defensively. And he said, I can't believe how easily A&M let Mark get the basketball. You know, I mean, it, it, to me, you're going to deny with all your effort his getting the ball because he's the, he's the one guy playing that could go down there and hit a shot and win the game. I'm not saying others couldn't do it, but he was having this great game. And so really, they and I as I watched the play this morning, they kind of set up a little bit of a, you know, the old Hoosiers picket fence with three guys across there, and that looked pretty good for A&M with Carter being the guy guarding uh, Mark. But then, you know, they can't foul, and so because he's going to make probably both free throws or at least one, and it was an easy little four- or five-foot shot that he made. I mean, I'm not saying easy because, he, to use Eric Musselman's spray, he snakes in there, you know, and he, he but he was able to – He's six six. Carter's six six, and he made the shot. And then the other thing, uh, Buzz did wrong, in my opinion. And I agree with Eric that he's a great basketball coach. But you know, if he'd have had that timeout left with one point one second, maybe you draw up. Dean Smith could have drawn up something where you get the ball a half court and get a shot off. You know, instead they just kind of threw it ineffectually out of bounds, and that was the ball game. So. Um, you know, I, I, I'm happy that uh, from Arkansas' standpoint that they didn't go full deny on the mark at the end of the ball game. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it does feel like uh, a mistaken strategy by Buzz. Uh, I don't know. Are you feeling he lost his mind? Maybe it was that he lost the three-piece suit at halftime. That was his best. Su- and come back. That was his best adjustment. Was his costume change <laughs> at halftime? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He uh, well. They had 19 offensive rebounds. Remember when Purdue had 17, I think, or was it 17? No, 17 second chance points, and they lost to Arkansas. Uh, who knows? It, it, Arkansas has been in this spot, seems like, every year, you know, and early on in the conference, and then they come back and make whatever run they're going to make. Uh, feel pretty good about beating South Carolina on Saturday. And then I was noticing the next four games, analytics say, Arkansas's got like a 29 or 30 percent chance in all of those games, so they're going to have to, uh, uh, you know, get on a little bit of roll here. But it, it's it's doable, maybe we'll see. Hey Grant, what, what, I thought Devo was playing pretty well. I thought he was being patient. Uh, you know, right before he got thrown out, he had that offensive rebound tip back, and then Ellis drives on the on the, being able to get that second chance, and Devo hits a three. Did you think there was any intent with that? Would you, or did you think that was harsh, or was that kind of just the way basketball is now? I talked to Matt Zimmerman about it after the game because you know we're up there seventy. I mean, we can't see very well from where we sit, and he said, I guess he he ended up kicking the guy in the groin. So whether it was intentional or not, that became a flagrant too. And even though he had four fouls, he was ejected from the game. At that point, I think that really hurt Arkansas because Arkansas was still up 10 with three something to go. Uh, and I think had Devo stayed in the game. Yeah, that was at the 545. It was 60 to 70. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was 73 63, I think, even yep, later than yep, that. Yep. 
so uh, I, maybe it wouldn't have been quite so dicey at the end with him still in there. It was seventy four, seventy five. I mean, we just went on a little drought where we couldn't get a. I know we had one seg- segment in there. We went about six, seven minutes. Then Ellis hit a layup uh, without a field goal, but we kept getting to the free throw line. Yeah, well, I mean, there were seventy three free throws in the game, and and it was a two hour and forty minute ball game, and I think. At some point, commissioners have to to step in and figure out: Is this really what we want in college? I mean, you know, officials will tell you we just we officiate the way the game is played, but uh, it took forever. And I you mean, had eight reviews; they had to go to the monitor the over eight. Are a major yeah. reason why? It, yeah. Well, that's the thing that's going to make that and free throws are going to make a game go a lot longer. I would feel like two hour forty five minute basketball game is an anomaly. It's not the kind of thing that we see too often. We also grant we hadn't seen Ellis on the court very much at all, but yeah, I mean, hey, he was know, great against Duke. He came up. I mean, he was one of the guys coming into the season. Like, well, this is this is this is going to be one of the best players on the team, and then he barely plays for about for about a month, a little more than a month. But I just can't imagine that he doesn't at least get the same opportunity this weekend. I just don't know what to expect. Moving forward, truthfully, I don't think Musk knows what to expect or who's going to get the minutes moving forward. It's just a, it seemed well, to work it, enough for like, was, a half, uh, for like a half and a half. You know what I mean? It, to, to it, yeah, it was, it was a, high, a high rebounds for Ellis also with six. And at 11.45 last night when I went up on the elevator, uh, there came Ellis with his mother and dad. And, of course, they were beaming. And, and the, uh, because of the early deadlines and stuff, the post-game stuff was a lot of fun because you had – Mark and Ellis, who played against each other, Houston against Louisville. And at first, you know, they were asking Mark, have you ever hit a, a game-winning shot? He said, well, I hit a couple in high school. And then he also had a half-court shot as a freshman that beat Louisville. And so Ellis was, Ellis was sitting there, no, 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 that didn't happen. We're not going to talk about that, you know. But uh, those guys were having a big time and at a, at a timely moment. I mean, I think I saw last night that, Arkansas never lost the first three games by those kinds of scores ever, you know, and they lost the most one-sided game in Bud Walton. And uh, I mean, who knows what's going to happen from here, but it felt like, yeah, that was they had to win that ball game. And just for a fleeting second there, it looked like they might not. I want to talk some of the, the some of the women's team with you while, while I got you here because I know you're paying close attention there too. The win over Alabama was huge. Uh, Miriam Dowda's growth has been big. They might get Talia Scott back for the LSU game on Sunday. Um, it feels like the team has grown in these first two weeks of SEC play. Uh, and, and really, I think they've grown since the start of the second half against Kentucky. Played a terrible first half, and since then, they've, they've, they've played well, considering how shorthanded it's felt they've been. Um, I don't know. There, there's. I think there's a chance once Talia's back and 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 Emery's able to get back into the rotation fully, this team could make some noise. I think they could make some noise, Grant. Yeah, you know, Phil. They they had these awful starts, including the one that uh, probably cost them the Mississippi State game when they went immediately at down ten to nothing, and then the same thing happened at Alabama. But then they started playing great, and they they've actually done well on the road uh, this year. So, you know, with some maybe better than at home, would you say? I, yeah, that's kind of hard to figure. But, uh, yeah, I like, like. I, like, I like the roster. I like their ability to, uh, to get to the NCAA tournament this year. Probably, if you just looked at it on paper right now, a much better chance than the men would have. 
Grant, I want to ask you uh, an NFL question uh, with the with the playoffs getting here. I, I know you got to be excited. Uh, which uh, if, if are you still taking uh, the Ravens and the 49ers? If you take them out of the equation, who do you, who do you give a, a, a chance to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, I like I like those two for sure. And by the way, Matt, I, I'm reading this. I'm seeing this morning that Belichick. Uh, has already talked to the Falcons. Harbaugh is going to talk to the Falcons in his tour over America. You know, went to the Chargers and then uh, the Falcons. And then, you know, what does Dallas do? Do they? Do you think they uh, stand pat or do they make a change? I mean, uh, Jerry's 81, you know. He, he was upset the way they played. But, yeah, those two, um, Detroit, I like them to beat. I like all the home teams this week. The four games to me, it sets up that the four home teams should win. Do you agree with that? Um, I, th- I it. the the one I see the road team I, I would go with is Kansas City. That's I, the one I'm thinking. I think too. Buffalo might be a little depleted on the defensive side of the ball. I know Josh Allen played his you know his, his played out of his mind the last game, very efficient. But that would be the one. Yeah. Yeah, and Kansas City's kind of they've been uh, kind of off and on this year. It looks like they're they're playing better and uh, that, that was I mean golly, you know, what Miami went in there 0 and 10 in games with 40 degrees or colder. <laughs> the weather just you felt like that gave them no chance. I was reading this thing today about Tua and what are they going to do with him? Are they going to pay him all this big money? Uh is he the is he the guy in their franchise? Going, you know, do you think so, Matt? Or well, you got to put maybe? a clause. You got to have some type of clause that protects you with his concussion issue. Uh, if, if as, as far as talent, absolutely. Next five years, you got your quarterback. I'm, I'm a Tua fan, uh, absolutely. That's also I mean, what I'm I looking was. at. If, if Brent, if I'm one of the, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'm looking at the teams that are available to coach right now, and I'm looking at Justin Herbert and the Chargers. That that's that that's probably the best job because that's the best quarterback. For a team that's looking for a coach, like the Raiders are going to hire Antonio Pierce. Uh, I don't think the, the Falcons. I think end up getting maybe like the last pick out of this. Maybe the Titans do. Although that's 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 actually a decent roster that they've got. Um, I see I see a hard ball with with Justin Herbert and and with the Chargers. You know, and, and speaking of coaching deals, guys, you may have seen this morning that uh, Kane Womack. Uh, leaving a head coaching job at South Alabama to become defensive coordinator at Alabama. Uh, there's a guy that lived in Fayetteville. I mean, he, you know, his dad, uh, Dave Womack, was defensive coordinator at Arkansas for a while. And so there's, there's that connection. And if he goes to Alabama and does well, uh, maybe he's a guy to, uh, you know, to take a look at for Arkansas in the future. Who knows? You know, that's a, maybe a long way, but he's just 36 years old. Uh, so good for him. And, and, and you know, the Buffalo coach leaves his head coaching job to become a coordinator, offensive coordinator at Alabama. Grant, appreciate you stopping by as always. Stay warm. Uh, we'll uh, reconvene Wednesday next week, okay? Sounds good. See you guys. Thanks, Thanks Grant. Grant. You know, uh, Alabama is also hiring the Buffalo head coach, Maurice Linguist, as an assistant. So, I mean, they're going to have, uh, well, they have a head coach. Uh, now they're going to have two other head coaches that are sitting assistants uh, with their team. And these are Division One head coaches. I mean, it's different when you're talking about money that Buffalo will pay their head coach and what Alabama will pay an assistant coach, certainly with Womack, too, for, to be an, an offensive coordinator. I mean, but that's a lot of head coaches on one program where these guys were not fired. 
they made this decision on their own to leave the head coaching position. They lost their best safety to Georgia. So, I mean, the, you got you to still have guys out there that can make plays. Hickey and Hole Law Partners are now here for you and all your legal needs in MENA and the Little Rock area. Hickey and Hole Law Partners specializing in divorce, custody cases, civil litigations, and more. Having over seven decades of combined experience to better serve you and the community you live in. Please visit KevinHickeyLaw.com or call us at 479-434-2414 for a consultation or come by an office nearest you. Things are about to get better. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, earlier this morning, Caleb Downs announced he was going into the transfer portal. The safety from Alabama. He had led Alabama in tackles as a freshman. A couple of interceptions as well. Uh, it's kind of tough to keep track of uh, all the contributors that Alabama has lost to the NFL draft and to the transfer portal. Leading tight end, Amari Nyblack, Jermaine Burton's going to the draft. Isaiah Bond committed to Texas. Roy Dale Williams committed to Florida State. McClellan to the NFL draft. Turner Arnold McKinstry to the NFL draft. And just, that's just a short list. Um, and um, it's a team that's going to have to hit the, the spring portal uh, really, really hard, I would think. I don't know that they're already going to have good players or at least talented athletes behind the guys that they're losing. But... There's only one team right now that is losing players at this rate, and it is the Alabama Crimson Tide. So that'll be really interesting once the spring portal uh, opens. Uh, and I don't know the exact dates, uh, but I'd imagine Alabama will be doing some fortifying in a couple of months. You know, we didn't get to talk uh, about this until after uh, Saban's announcement, so this is my first shot at this. Didn't come up this morning, but you know, I think the – the heavy blow, um, I don't think Saban thought that Kevin Steele was leaving. And when that happened, and then he got into the, this is, this has come to me from a couple of different sources, and he got into the hiring coach's uh, deal, and he didn't like how that started off. And um, I think that he just had enough of everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going out, figuring out his staffs every year, figuring out, uh, the portal, you know, holding, you know, the, the draft, players leaving, not leaving, the wrong ones leaving. Um, so I think I'm, I'm not totally surprised by all this. Didn't see it coming. I will say that um, Matt Jones, the Kentucky announcer, he predicted it um, right after the, the semifinal games, wondering if that was it for Saban. I, I heard him say it on, on, a, on a Sunday morning show. He's doing NFL prep, and he was like, you're going to see it. You might see some interesting changes in college football. And said Saban and Harbaugh. I mean, gosh, I mean, I just like, oh, yeah, right. Um, interesting that they let uh, DeBoer speak at the basketball game, and he says, we will have great news in recruiting shortly. 
<laughs> I don't know what he's predicting. Maybe Will Rogers, I guess. Well, the the, the quarterback room there is going to be pretty full already. Uh, Milrow's sticking around. I know they've got a really talented uh, freshman quarterback they coming do. in. We, we talked with Bill King about this yesterday. That would be a really interesting thing, talking about spring portal season, that if Will Rogers does commit to Alabama – one of those two quarterbacks gets beaten out for the job. They're going to stick around to be the backup or go into that spring portal. Well, maybe well, Rogers well, they, has one year. You know, you're yeah. learning. You're you're what you're like. Hey, it's mine the next three years. But that portal, you can't be afraid of competition. But that's this portal is just a, a mean machine, man. It's wild that you just get into it and go somewhere else instead of sitting there learning and be, and then being Alabama's quarterback for the next three years. Yeah, and you 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 got a different offense. And who's to say that it feels, you know, fits like, you know, you want it to be? I mean, I watched, there's not anybody that threw it around like Penix did. But, you know, I keep telling myself that this might be a coach that fits what he does around his players, which that's the way the great ones do it. And, boy, he's won. I don't care. I mean, I don't. I don't know all of his history and watched all of his offenses, but I have a feeling this guy knows how to tailor an offense around his, his talent. Well, he's also got to be somebody that isn't resistant to, um, you know, a little bit, being open to learning about what it's like to live in this new part of the country. And, and that was another thing that he'd, he'd hit on about, you know, he's a Midwestern guy that he really hadn't spent much time on the West Coast, and then he goes out to the West Coast and has four good years as a head coach at Fresno State and then and then at Washington, you know. I mean, I'm 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 a little bit of the same way. I mean, this is a different situation, but uh, I'm not from Arkansas. But I moved here 23 years ago, and you have to come in with an open mind about, you know, uh, this is not this is not your part of the country. I mean, you have to come in with uh, with to be a sponge, you know, and 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 to learn the traditions and to learn, you know, ex- to speak the language that everybody here does speak. You know, and, and if you're going to be a winning football coach and you're going to be transient, which is what football coaches are by definition. I mean, they're, you never really stay at the same job for very long. Saban at a place like Alabama for 17 years just feels wild that something like that lasts that long. But, you know, it feels like Harson, Brian Harson, I mean, this, this whole idea of Husky Harson, I think he was more resistant to that, to the, to the culture and to, Really just become ingratiating yourself to the locals, to the coaches that you really are, are, are dependent upon for your pipeline. And I just can't imagine that somebody that seems to be as intelligent and personable as Kalen DeBoer, that he can't do something like that. Uh, to me, I mean, it's not a matter of if you've ever lived there before, if you've ever, you know, dealt with the coaches like that before. It's that are you open to a new experience as a coach, it's the same sport, it's the same industry, but it's a whole different thing down here. He's got to be open to, you know, just sort of uh, marinating in that. So let me ask you a question, Phil. Who was Nick Saban and where did he come from? Saban was at LSU before. but Before, before that, that. Before that, Michigan State, Toledo. He was a northern guy. Exactly. And whether you say... You know, somebody from the upper Midwest can't be successful in the South. I, I, I think that's just crap. And I think that's us being cold and not willing to understand that, you know, the talented men will be successful. Now, you know, I didn't say stupid men, 
there's some of them that they come in and they do stupid stuff. But, I mean, I, I think if you're talented and you understand people, it uh, doesn't matter where you're from. Well, it, it's also the way that, that, that he's talking about utilizing Nick Saban as a resource. Instead of looking at the idea that the previous head coach is still going to have some influence and still have an office in the building, um, you know, I mean, it takes – I think it takes – and it's funny to think about it in this term for an Alabama head coach. It takes somebody that doesn't care about his own ego to accept that job, knowing the challenge that it is and that the Lord of the manor is still in the building. Uh, so it's I, I, it, it, everything that I've, that I've read about him, everything I hear about him that he, that he, that he talks, it's the right man for the job. I just wonder about what that's it is. who I would have hired. Well, I just wonder what it's about for this next year, right? I mean, they're gonna yeah. have, there is a rebuilding that has to happen there at Alabama. They're losing too much on the defense to have the kind of defense that can perform at the level that this team did. I mean, this team had to have a really good defense to get where they got this year. Um, you know, it's, I, it's, I almost wish like Arkansas did have Alabama on the schedule this next year because it would be the best opportunity potentially if things go in the right direction for. For Sam Pittman's What's team when like you that. want to play him? Yeah. yeah, this would be the time you want to play him in their first year under a new head coach before he really starts to get it going. Yeah, so I think he could get it going. I, I'm interested to see, you know, what he has at wide receiver because we can talk about Penix, but he had just like they had at LSU, they had elite wide receivers. Um, what he didn't have was. Elite offensive line, elite defensive line. That's why they lost the game. That's why they didn't win the national championship. Because they, they were, you know, in some ways better than Michigan in, in several different spots. But they were not good enough in the trenches. And that's that's what you, that's why you go to Alabama. You, you should be able to get the parts that you need up front. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dave and his team have all your holiday drink options. That includes Fireball and Bailey's Chocolate, Jack Daniels Crown Salted Caramel, Winter Seasonal Beers, Eggnogs, and more. Come by Eastside Liquor, 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. Jim Ursay, a report uh, coming from... I think this this initially was uh, TMZ that did the reporting on this. It's much more than 30 miles away from Los Angeles. Uh, that Ursay in December was found unresponsive in, in bed and cold to the touch uh, by Carmel, Indiana uh, police. Uh, they, they gave him Narcan, which is the medicine that you're going to give somebody that has an overdose. Obviously, he's got you know, a history that he's been open about with, uh, with addiction. And it looks like, uh, yeah, this was like a month ago that this happened too. And, and just coming out here, I don't think we've heard anything from Ursay in a long time here, but 
Man, I mean, the, the, the guy's got his demons. He's been battling them and certainly battling them in a very public way at times. And you now this has come out too. Kind of tough. I mean, it would be a little tough if, uh, if, if you're not sure if your, uh, your owner has all of his faculties ready for, uh, ready for you because he's unresponsive in bed. So is he still, is he, he's still alive though, right? He's still alive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Still alive, but like nobody, nobody's heard from him in a long time. After the football season, a lot of times the owners get up in front of a podium and make a statement, but. Haven't heard anything from him at uh, at all. Also, uh, TCU women's basketball has canceled two games because they don't have enough players. They don't have enough players on the TCU women's basketball team. This is a Power 5 team. This is a major university athletic department. The Big 12 not disclosing reasons for TCU's player shortage. Horn Frogs were supposed to play at Kansas State Wednesday and then on the road at Iowa State on Saturday, and they're not playing those games. So I know they've got some injuries. There's a couple of injuries, but uh, that's interesting. I mean, how many players do you have to have available on a roster so you can actually play five. a game? You need five on the court. Five. <laughs> five. We'll go. We'll, we'll My team's on the floor. We'll hey, I, we'll play all 40 minutes. We'll, we'll, we, need, we need five. You you say five players need five ball players. Yeah, you need five good ones. That's that's for sure. But it's yeah. uh yeah. I really, if you had seven, I would think seven or eight. I mean, you can't ask these these kids to play all all forty minutes. Uh, but yeah, you you need a you need at least three to to kind of sub in and sub out. Well, I mean, usually when I think about this, I think of you know somebody that's got COVID. I mean, this was. That's COVID stuff, pandemic stuff. You don't have enough players to play, not usually because of injuries, but, you know, I mean, there are, uh, there are some respiratory illnesses that are certainly going around these days. Uh, We've got Scott in Alabama here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Take a call from Scott and see what he wants to get to. Hey, Scott, thanks for calling. How are you? Hey, how y'all doing? Uh, I love your show. I'm calling from Dutton, Alabama. Believe it or not. Well, I remember. I think Scott, did you you called us? Uh, you called us last week. I think I remember this voice. Yeah, I used to. I used to live up above Bergman, uh, uh, in Arkansas, above Bergman. But there's another branch in line. I wasn't far from. I was above the mountain up in there. But uh, I just want to say, I mean, I love y'all. So I used to listen there for eight years, and I, I think it's the best show there is in the world. Mister Henry, Clay Henry. I swear, I want to cry when I listen to you talk because you got so much knowledge. You know, you remind me of my grandfather. And I mean this from my heart. It just, why don't you just listen to me? Don't talk. You know, sometimes you just got to listen. You know, I I listen to you when I listen to you. I, I love it. Because you got so much knowledge. And knowledge means so much to people that people don't understand. And I'm 54. And I, I mean, you know, and I'm like, you got to respect that. You know? And I watch, these kind. Kids play you. Basketball. I watch these kids play basketball. And I watch them play. I watch them play football. And all they want to do is they, they don't want to be, I'm Arkansas. Man, I want to play for Arkansas. I'm a Gator guy. I really, honestly, I am. 
If I had the opportunity to play for the Gators, I would play for them in a heartbeat. I wouldn't want nothing in return. I just want education, and I want to play the game. These kids today, they want money. If they don't get it, they don't seem like they want to play. They want to leave to go somewhere else. And that's sad. You know, it's really sad when you watch it and you listen to it and you see it. And that that's a really bad thing. But anyway, I just want to tell y'all I love y'all's show. I mean, awesome go-gators. I'm glad they're number two in the baseball thing, Phil. I'm sorry. But it's all going to pass some great six teams in the top ten. That's awesome for the SEC. I love it. Uh, I, I'm rooting for the Arkansas basketball, but I'm a Gator basketball fan too. The football, I love it all. Well, that's out, outstanding, Scott. I appreciate the call and the sentiments behind all of that. Thank you very much. Florida's going to be good in baseball this year. There's no doubt. But we get uh, an Arkansas-Florida baseball series at Bo Walker um, this year. Uh, that's, that's that's one of the best series of the of the season. That's a heavyweight battle between two strong programs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that I was looking at the schedule um, earlier today because it pretty much is planning my life for me. Uh, you realize Arkansas plays 19 games before they go on the road on an opponent's home field. No, they don't have any road games scheduled uh, for midweek. You get the weekend in Arlington that is neutral site, so that's I'm not going. it's not road games. I'll be there too, and and then you finally get on the road at Auburn, uh, April twelfth through the fourteenth. the The road series this year, I kind of like the way this lays out: Auburn, Alabama, Carolina, Kentucky, A and M. Um, and Carolina will be improved. Kentucky was really good last year until the postseason. A and M. Probably the toughest road series for Arkansas this year. You get some long homestands, too. 11 games after the Arlington weekend, 10 games from the end of March through April 10th. That's probably the most exciting homestand of the season. UALR, LSU, A-State, Ole Miss, and San Jose State. I mean, that's all in one homestand. You get LSU and Ole Miss, and then a couple of the in-state schools. So, yeah, 30 days out. 30 days out. The poll came yesterday. Florida number two. I think it was Wake Forest number one. Arkansas number three from D1 Baseball. Your favorite 30 in, in Arkansas, Scotty Thurman, number number 30 right there. Scotty Thurman days away. Pretty much can stop at Scotty Thurman and, and, and go from there, right? There's no reason to go to any other, any other position other than that. I know the team reported yesterday, uh, had a bunch of, you know, the photo session and all that. I know Hogs Illustrated will have their... Uh, baseball season preview coming out sometime soon. Official workout starting in a week. Uh, Bubba and I have been talking about the Bases Loaded podcast. I think we'll get the first one of those going the week of uh, the week of the opening game against James Madison. So it's it's all starting to come uh, all starting to come together. All starting to come together. Okay, here's a test. Where somebody tell me where Bergman is? I know I've been there. I I I I, I gave I mean, you a I clue. Just, I could just throw a guess out there, but it would just be a guess, and it would be a lie if I even had an idea. I've heard of Bergman. I don't think I know. I've not been to Bergman, but if you want to You've go ahead, you've been really close. You and Matt both have been really close lately. Hmm, this has got to be somewhere up in the hills, close to Harrison. It is just northeast of Harrison. Okay, that's why I probably saw the highway seven. Yep, Bergman. 
nice little piece of the state here. Very nice little piece. Gorgeous area, yeah. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.